You don't just start playing baseball and then instantly make it to the major leagues. You have to work hard to get there. You have to have a game plan to get yourself to be the MVP. The Most Valuable Producers podcast is not for the average agent. You can't be average to become the MVP. Just like in the big leagues. You can't just be a one or two or three tool player. You have to be a five tool player to become the MVP. You can make a difference in someone's life every single day in this job, in this career, in this industry. What's your game plan? This is your host of the show, Mitch Gibson. You are listening to the MVP Podcast. What is going on, MVP Podcast listeners and Agency Intelligence Network listeners? I am joined by the Fab Five, is what we're going to call them. <laughs> it was almost like it was self-named when I got the calendar invite that someone had booked a podcast with us or with me, and it was the Fab Five. So we've got glove box gurus, Fab Five girls with us today, and I can't cannot tell you how excited I've been since I met every single one of you, except for Chelsea, which we'll get to that here in a minute. We'll let her give her two cents and see if she's a part of this fab five i'm just kidding you're you're automatically included but i haven't met you yet and there will be a time that i do um but when i met these girls all back when was that january back in january in denver colorado for the one city world tour conference um man they were just one so inviting they knew their stuff they mingled and talked and i mean to be honest with you probably the best networkers i've seen so i commend you all for that and uh, keep up all of the great work since I, uh, since I told these girls I was going to mess up their whole entire names, I'm going to go around and start um, this the right way and have them do us one favor. I'm going to have them introduce their, themselves with a first and last name. Okay, so if you're listening to this, it's probably best to just go watch it. But we'll try our best to keep you tuned in this whole entire time with people's names. We're going to go first and last name. I need your uh, where you're from and two fun facts about you or two things you like to do outside of work. Natasha, it's your floor. Floor is yours for a minute. Floor is mine. All right. So I'm Natasha Hansen, entrepreneurially. Um, everyone else in the entertainment space knows me as Natasha Pearl Hansen. So depending on what you're into, you can Google either. Um, <laughs> I am originally born and raised in Wisconsin, living in Chicago. I was out in LA for 10 years. I like to bounce around a lot. Hobbies would definitely be obviously telling jokes because I love it. Um, travel. And fun fact, I can play my nose. You can pick your nose? Play my nose. Oh, <laughs> I, th- I thought she said pick, but I'm not even going to lie. I, my face kind of got red. I'm like, did she just say pick her nose? Prove it. <laughs> maybe later, maybe later. We'll see. <laughs> Chelsea, the newbie to the uh, Fab Five group here. What's, uh, what's up? Give us a little insight on who you are. Yeah, uh, so I'm Chelsea Stewart. There's not a chance in hell that you would have butchered my name. Uh, the most generic name. Um, I actually, Mitch, I was at One City World Tours happy hour on the first night, but I was just there mingling and I had just started. Yeah. So there's that. Um, two fun facts. Let's see. I coach Pilates and am a road cycling enthusiast. Um, that's two. We'll separate those into two buckets and, and we'll We'll dive more deep. Okay. We'll count it this time. Next time, better better come with more. Well, how about this? I, too, can pick my nose. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What you got, Nicole? 
All right. Well, my name is Nicole Mirich. It's a fun last name. Uh, get Myrick. I've gotten marriage before, interestingly, but Mirich, we kind of made it up a little bit. It used to be a longer Serbian last name, but we shortened it. Um, and some stuff I like to do outside of work. I really like going to music festivals. I try and go to as many uh, out of state as possible. Um, and aside from that, I love skiing. That's my big <laughs> Colorado born and raised. Gotta love skiing. It's a criteria. If you're, if you're from Colorado or even live there, you've got to be a ski. If, what, what do people, you look at people differently if they can't ski and live in Denver or live in Colorado. Oh, yeah. I'm serving up their eviction notice straight to the Colorado <laughs> government. <laughs> if I don't see you driving a Subaru, have a Nalgene full of stickers and wear Patagonia, you're out. You're see you're gone. I love it. That's kind of funny. Danielle, you've been quiet. Hello, hello. My name is Danielle Driscoll. Driscoll like the fruit company. Just waiting for them to tell me I'm an heiress. Any day now. Um, I am from Cleveland, Ohio. So another Ohioan like summer. We seem to find each other. Um, I'm a huge sports fan. Yes, Cleveland sports. And Guardians uh, now. Like what? They changed their name from the Indians to the Guardians. That's going to be so hard to get used to. I'm, I'm okay with it. I see the reasoning. I think it's kind of funny because if you, you know, kind of cover up the beginning of Guardians, it still looks really? like Indians. Indians yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So it's a little sneaky there. But yeah, there's, for those of you who don't know, there are Guardian statues on a bridge in Cleveland. So, so, uh, so that's where the idea came from, I'm assuming? That's where it came from. Yep. Um, I think it was either going to be that or... I think people also liked the idea of spiders. We were the Cleveland spiders before we were. Yeah, the that, but if, that became, if that was a thing, I would for sure stop watching <laughs> baseball. Yeah, I, I like aliens better. So a um, couple fun facts. I'm a certified yoga instructor, not currently teaching, but it's one of the best things that I've ever done. Um, and to this day, I'm still friends with that whole crew of people I went through training with. Um, love foreign languages and foreign cultures and i'm a big foodie a lot of my stories revolve around food and drinking <laughs> hey there's nothing wrong i guess if, if, i think that's just one part of being in the insurance industry at in general and yep. then the fact that you just socially enjoy it makes it even worse because then you drink more and then you eat more food and next thing you know it guys like me who don't really work out and do pilates and all this exercise stuff like every single one of you guys that do you know i, I gotta watch gotta gotta watch what i eat um this is this you don't live in colorado it's ingrained in us you have to be active well i mean yeah you have the, the elevation change and everything you guys have to like the hills i walked um, down a hill somewhere near a mountain i couldn't tell you where it's at so please don't do <laughs> but literally I walked, tumbling. it tumbling. was very i almost fell like i'm like man these are what people are running up and down so like there was guys running up and down the streets like that i'm like there's no way in hell I'm surviving, let alone not falling backwards and rolling down the hill. So commend you guys for that. We're going to go down the same order one more time here on this next question, because I truly want to know, and I think this actually was a question uh, we had some, some fan favorites out there wanted to ask um, outside of, you know, the, the, the insurance industry, because a lot of you don't come from an insurance background. Um, I, I'm about 95% sure you don't. So if, if you, do, if you do just, interrupt me and tell me I'm an idiot. But other than that, first off, why the insurance industry? 
Okay, and then two, why glove box? Starting with you, Summer. What what was it that just sparked your interest? One, you know, glove box probably being as attractive as it is, and we'll kind of dive into some of those key factors in a minute. But why the insurance industry and why glove box? Uh, we'll actually flip that to glove box, the insurance industry. So my background is has always been sales. And uh, more recently, um, startups. I, I really love the startup world. I love being able to contribute to everything across the board um, and do a lot of problem solving in that space. And previous role was in biotech, a biotech startup, um, which was an awesome experience. And that naturally transitioned into another startup. I'll say I'm a glutton for punishment because it's. <laughs> It's, it's so much all at once, but I love it. I love the excitement of it and um, the day-to-day -day and everything, you know, completely changing and going 180 um, in a moment's notice. And you get really get your hands in everything. Um, and when I came across, well, Ryan, Ryan reached out to me, obviously saw the extensive experience um, and just reached out. And I was like, hey, this sounds like a, a great conversation to have. Um, I'm always interested in and you know, learning something new and seeing what he has to say and having some experience kind of third party in the insurance world, it really made sense both from um, what the product was, what was lacking in the industry from my own experience as a consumer and what um, the, the possibilities were at Glovebox. Um, again, with, with that experience, I knew what red flags to look for and that just didn't exist. Um, sure. The team put, is putting everything together the right way um, and it's hard to explain what that felt like to, to go, okay, I don't have to build this from scratch. I don't have to, you know, wear every single hat coming in here because they've, they knew what it took to launch this and, and put those pieces in place so that um, they were successful from day one. And that was a very scalable approach to it. So Absolutely. long story short, wasn't trying for insurance, but I love the opportunity that, um, that exists with this platform in a space that desperately, desperately needs it. I feel like that's going to kind of be a common denominator of some of the stuff that you said throughout the, everybody's answers here. So I'm just kind of giving the forewarning to the listeners here to be, be, be on pay attention of why they're key factors of what, why they chose uh, the, the company, not necessarily the insurance piece, but more so the company because that the, the company and the culture drives a successful business, no matter where you're at. Um, and, and I know, for all of you guys, you're all such forward thinkers and you're, you're, you're motivated and entrepreneurial. So to have the place where you feel comfortable being able to be yourself, sell a product that not necessarily is something that's, you know, sexy and, and cool and new, but something that is needed. And that's, that's, we're kind of getting into more of the product here in a minute as well. But Natasha, you're, you're just the entrepreneurial mind and she is the first return guest on the show. So you get an award. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to get a little plastic award. What do I get? Do I get like a little teddy bear or something? Maybe a ribbon, participation <laughs> ribbon. Um, yeah. tell, us, tell us a little bit about what what kind of I think we talked about a little bit on the last on the show when you were you were the guest, but other than just being a hustler, what was it that stuck out to you? Yeah, and I, I agree with Summer. We'll do glove box first. I um, I work in entertainment. I've been working in entertainment for 15 years. And so my background was really in partnerships. No, I didn't consider it necessarily sales, but that's what it is. I, you know, I have a big background in pitching TV series, partnering with different studios, running production studios, running productions. Um, and I just, you know, I like to be a self-starter in comedy, which is what I do full time. And last summer, I was fed up 
with how um, things had been going <laughs> because all the comedy venues were shut down. I had uh, worked for about five years as an, an ambassador and advisor for a number of different startups and partnered with them on my tours. And a lot of these startups, like many, fail. And so I had all this like equity in all these startups that equaled zero dollars. <laughs> and um, so I was really looking for something to, to get my hands on that I you know, believed in the team and that I knew had actual legs and was really recession proof. And um, wasn't necessarily looking for something full time, but I found Glovebox and loved the team and uh, was like, man, I, I could definitely see this scaling to something massive. And I had launched my startup the year before. And um, I like learning about startup culture and how to scale a company. And so this has been a wonderful hands-on experience in that. Absolutely. Chelsea, time to wake up. It's your turn now. Hey, I am actively listening over there here. You are. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. So I actually came from the mortgage background. So I have a, a mortgage history and experience and I wasn't looking to transition out of that, but knew, I know Adam and he was like, Hey, I have a, a really cool opportunity presented it to me and was kind of um, like not looking to change or do anything, but if just like Natasha, I'm always open for new opportunities, something new. I love the hustle. I love the grind. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a workhorse. I will get up and work till I go to sleep, um, be it good or bad. That's just what I like to do. And so that's definitely what drew me into a startup because that's the mentality that you have to have. But um, yeah, when I first was like, okay, Adam, let me, let me give this uh, a quick glance once over the first second literally the second I walked into glove box it, it was so funny because they were all doing a happy hour and everyone was taking shots of tequila <laughs> I remember that. so I was like okay I'm a big vibe and a big culture person and I immediately was like this is tequila on the first day this is my vibe no but it just has a very good foundation of hey we have something really cool here I love tech. I love startups. I love being a part of something that's innovative and that has the potential to not only grow, but be scalable. And then not like what Natasha has experienced of having a $0 equity. That would be obviously not beneficial or, or great for any of us. So yeah. Um, just like the other two gals. And like you mentioned, Mitch, it wasn't in, sorry to mention this to all your insurance people. It wasn't insurance that brought me into the door. Um, it was the tech, the innovation and the team. And just like what you were saying, I mean, that's what keeps people and that's what grows a company and that's what makes you successful. And I really, truly feel like we have, especially with these five gals here, um, something really cool and really innovative that is just going to, can we curse? Oh, <laughs> freaking lootly. I'm, I'm trying not to say the F word. Okay. But, I, okay. but I, if it comes out, it comes out. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. We're just here to shake shit up. Yeah, you're here. That's a phenomenal. I, that's a phenomenal way to put it. Yeah. Like honestly, that's that's smart. It's 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 one of those things too that why you guys are good at what you do is because things just pop into your guys' mind. You're all creatives. And yeah. if one like, like I was telling, it was either Andy or Ryan when we were in Denver. I'm like, dude, when when I have full reign to run my agency, like and all of it, and can make the final decisions of everything, I'm going to hire nothing but creatives. 
because those creative people, you can teach the creative people yep. how to write an insurance policy, right? But you can't teach it. You can't teach many insurance people how to be creatives. Creatives yep. is just something that comes you know, that you're born with. So that's shaking it all up. I'm waiting for, there better be a social media post of that, that line, what you just said. I better, better <laughs> see a, better see a graphic okay. for too long. Hold me to it. I'll do it. Deal. Nicole. Hey, yo. Um, so I feel like a lot of people just kind of find themselves in insurance one day. And I feel like that's kind of the same for sales roles. I feel like not many people, you know, know that they want to go into sales. They just kind of find themselves there. But I was a weirdo. Uh, right after high school, I knew that I wanted to go into sales. So I found a university here in Denver that has a sales-specific program, which is pretty sweet. Um, that's super rare for, for universities to have something like that. So I really dug in. And I was looking much like Natasha for, you know, a recession proof type of industry. And I was originally considering medical sales uh, from, from my time as a receptionist at a physical rehab office. But then I found myself working in tech sales uh, while I was finishing my undergrad. So I was at VMware doing renewals on licenses, trying to get people to pay before they get a big old fee. And then uh, right after I graduated, I moved over to tech sales still for a different kind of startup that was kind of like HVAC uh, parts, equipment, software. It was pretty cool. So that's, that's what really grabbed my attention. They were a startup uh, and I already had some experience recently from being in a startup for the first time. And I just loved the freedom and the creativity and just kind of the, the free reign to have ideas that become processes eventually. So that's what really drew me into Glovebox. And uh, same with Chelsea. I walked in the office for the first day, had a little drinky poo. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's been great. <laughs> yeah. Danielle, well, best for last, if that's what we want to call it. That's right. Um, so I will echo what the ladies said. Um, found Glovebox. Certainly didn't think I would end up in the insurance industry on any level. Um, I didn't have prior sales experience. I definitely had, um, translatable experience from prior jobs. And I was very much looking for my place or my home that I knew I really wanted to dig my heels in. Um, and I, I was looking for sales. If you know me, I am kind of talkative. Just She's a, a chatter. Just a little bit. And, um, and I love to connect with people and I love to help people. Andy found me on LinkedIn through a wonderful mutual friend. Um, and so I, I trusted the connection right away. But after connecting with the guys too and seeing what they were creating, um, for me, it's huge that they're incredibly family oriented. Um, and these are guys who are very, very sharp. Obviously, if you um, know the history of what they did with their agency and they are hustling for the company, trying to create this not trying to, they are making this the best product for everyone in the industry and for our clients. Um, and they're hustling for their families as well. So that was huge for me. And um, I think the first time I talked to Ryan, um, to echo what Chelsea said, he was very adamant about creating an incredible culture. And I knew that that was something I wanted to be a part of. And I love that this is, you know, Glovebox is kind of now everybody's baby to raise and i like that you said it's kind of everybody's baby to raise and that's that's kind of going to lead me into my next kind of topic here is because i kind of see so you guys are very heavily active on social i mean you're, you're very active 
like you guys got you guys understand the LinkedIn algorithm. Let's just put it that way, right? Like you understand the comments, you understand the like, you understand the engagement, the shares. That you, you guys fully get it. Is that something? And I'll, I'm gonna I'm going to um, go to Natasha with this question. But is that something that you guys all you know were taught when you guys first got started? Was that just stuff that you guys had brought with you from prior experience in sales and then um, you know in, in the tech tech world? I mean, what where did your guys' mind start thinking? I've got to start using social. Is that just part of the, the blueprint that Andy and the, and the boys have, have created within the culture? You want me to start? Yeah, it's all on you. This one's you. You know, I mean, I, I've i always been a late adopter to social media platforms because I just, whatever. I mean, you just want to kind of live and be present, right? But social media is such a necessary, necessary piece of marketing and a really easy one. It's just, you know, it's free. Um, I started getting really good at social media years ago because I'm a touring stand-up comedian. And so that's how you market yourself. And, and so the, the importance of building a brand is necessary to showcase your energy and the type of environment you're trying to create and the type of people you surround yourself with. And Glovebox really got that out the gate. That was something that the guys said right at the start. We, we each want you to have your own brand, your own lane, do things the way that you want, market the way that you want. And I think that was really cool that they gave us the opportunity to just be ourselves. We don't have to show up to this space and pretend to be like this super, super polished everyday suit. You know, we get to just be free and be ourselves and have our personalities and have people like us for that. And so I, I think they've done a really good job nailing the or embodying the spirit of Glovebox and also giving the team their ability to just be free and be who they are. Well, I think to the, when he's, when you said that Ryan's like, you I want you guys to brand yourselves. I, I think a lot of business owners and maybe even agency owners, I'll call them out. I mean, a, some agency owners out there are so caught up in, in, oh, I want it to be about, which is going to use HRM insurance, for example. I want it to be about HRM. You're not posting anything unless it's got HRM. If you're, you're not doing this, if it lets it got HRM in it. That that one key agency is losing lots of lots of money because they're not allowing that pr producer. I mean, we as producers are doing what we're selling. We, we can make commission, you know, even you guys, we, we make, we make commissions that why do they get to tell me, you know, if I'm, if I'm the one making the money for me, myself and the agency, why should I, well, you know, why do I need to abide by those strict laws and rules? Okay. Well then go do a captive company. Because then they'll, they will tell you what to do, right? But I don't think that's for the independent market. And when I decided to kind of put a brand to myself personally, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with, you know, the agency. And because I'm in an insurance now, I went through some personal stuff that made me brand myself for myself rather than anything, which then ended up leading to branding myself, which tied back into the agency. I mean, there's so many creative ways to do that, but it's agency owners not letting go of the little baby bottle, you know, that it's, oh, this is my, this is my brand. This is something I've built. I want everything to be about, about our agency. I, I'm not a big fan of that. And you guys do, a, I think a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And one reason I can see that on my end is because every one of your posts are different. They're not scripted. They're unique. Some of them are different colors. Like the graphics aren't always the same. Who's creating that stuff, Danielle? Um, this one's tailored to you. I mean, are you guys creating your own content on your own? Do you have a content team there? What's What does that look like? Yeah, so um, yes to both of that. We have an incredible marketing team who's very supportive. Um, and then we also create our own content. And I do think that we are pretty different from each other. Um, 
And just to kind of piggyback on what you and Natasha were just saying, we're a really unique crew of people. So I think people appreciate that we're not all robots doing and saying the same thing. Um, if you pay attention at all to my LinkedIn, one of my posts that I do is an astronaut and I, the astronaut does different things. And the title is just, what would you do with less service burden? And it's an astronaut golfing or, you know, skiing or whatever. Sitting on the beach. Sitting on the beach. And I will continue to do that until people tell me enough's enough. But, um, but yeah, Nicole has different marketing for me. She's super creative. Um, and then it's fun that we can bounce ideas off of each other. Um, and I think we're also happy to share as well. If someone likes something that we've done, we're really good about um, collaborating and sharing. I like that. I'm so glad you said something about the space man because that was <laughs> perfect to lead me into this next one. Nicole, I'm coming to you with this question, okay? Here's, here's the real thing. So I see all this, you know, every all of your, con all your content says, you know, going to space you know it's a spaceman space shuttle going to space where in the hell is everybody going we're going to mars you're going to jupiter someone tell me what's what's what does it we're going to space mean and where does that what does that mean in the in the event of the business that's being built here yeah so i mean i'll just kind of go off of what i can gather <laughs> from our branding and our marketing um andy has a really sweet neon sign in his office that says stratosphere and I just kind of think of it as, you know, when you think that you're going into space, it always has these vibes or connotations of exploration and elevation and furthering yourself, whether that be by way of furthering technology or furthering research. Um, so I really think that that's perfect with what we do at Glovebox because we're really acting as a catalyst. We're kind of getting these agencies on the rocket ship, as we call it, when we onboard them and, and give them their own CXP. And then it just shoots them into to horizons that they didn't even know was possible for them, or at least it sped it up incredibly fast <laughs> compared to what the alternative would be with without using technology like this. Into the future. Yes. Yes. Yeah, anybody, anybody else got a good good? What do you think of, of when you think of rockets first? You go fast or you go up. Elon Musk, right? The richest man the in the first, That's not the first thing I think. Well, that's of not the first. Space shuttle. Yeah. Or a space <laughs> Right? Yes. <laughs> no, but I think of it too, like this company is just going to be a, a mega behemoth company. And so. I, uh, I, think it's, I think it's on its way there pretty quickly. And if people heard the ideas that we hear bouncing around the office, mm, such a buzz. With so uh, this one, I guess we'll. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let whoever, whoever starts talking first. This is yours, okay? Because I want someone to talk about the CXP and what the heck a CXP means. Why we need a CXP? Why you need to adopt it in your agencies now? What's a CXP? Yeah, I'll I'll start us off. Um, so you had mentioned earlier actually about us being creatives and it all actually kind of ties together with it being in space themed a tech forward elon musk all of that with the creatives and building our own brands and then back to mitch what you were saying about their agencies where it's like everything that you have to do is branded to this agency so cxp is a client experience platform we're we're starting and creating something totally new so to that point of your insurance agencies 
just having one modality that they want to stick to. It's like, let's get rid of that shit and let's make it innovative and new and fun. So what we're doing here is we're growing with the times. Everything is online. Everything is digital. Strap onto this rocket ship that we're going to launch you into the future that is tech, right? That is what we're doing. We're launching you forward. We are that catalyst that's going to not only allow you to grow your business to the stratosphere, but we are that modality, that platform that's unique, that's cool, that's fun, that's going to meet you where you're at and not be back in the times of like, oh, let's just stick to these super boring, these super bland uh, old carrier ways or old insurance ways because let's actually circle it way back and go to none of us got into this industry because of insurance, right? Insurance is a dinosaur. Let's just call it what it is. So none of us <laughs> got into insurance for that. We got into this because we saw that it was cool, that it was innovative. And that's what people want these days. They want something cool. They want something innovative. They want something that's going to be user-friendly and easy to access and maneuver through. So here we come, let's launch into that CXP. And it's basically the, the bottom line is, yes, it's a client experience platform, but it is a, a platform that you as an in, independent agency can not only put onto your website, but it allows for an app so that your clients can self-service. It decreases your service burden. I don't want to sound too salesy here because we'll all fall asleep. No, you're killing that. You're killing the, the, the uh, yeah. elevator pitch here. We <laughs> but, might have to turn this into an ad. <laughs> Sponsored by. Um, no, but it's, it's a way to decrease. I actually was thinking about this this morning. Gosh, my mind goes in 75 different directions all at once. So stick with me. Same I was thinking way. about it this morning. Um, and our average rate of decrease for a service burden within an insurance agency is 25%. So let's say you had 25% less service burden because you were using Glovebox and you were like, yeah, but I don't necessarily want to grow. I don't know who would say this, but let's say someone did say, I don't necessarily want to grow or spend that 25% in sales. Well, there are, there are people, there, there are people out there that are like that. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. There's so, agencies so, that are just yeah. done with where they're at. They're like, I'm right. just waiting for someone to either come in and buy me or this is my baby, I'm holding on to it because I've had it for 40 years. Well, like you and, said, let it go. John Smith, great. Sure, exactly. 25% going and golfing. Like, love that. Love that life for you. And you're going to love that life for yourself. So like, right, let's do it. What's going on, loyal listeners? It's Mitch Gibson with the MVP Podcast. Stopping you in the action of the podcast. Promise you that this will only take a second. Are you a local independent insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Well, look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and do what we're here to do, grow your business. Don't settle for less, do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's NBS. B-R-O-K-E-R-A-G-E dot com. Let them know that the folks at the Agency Intelligence Podcast Network sent you. Yeah. And with that too, the the idea of being scared of growth, I think that's 
you know, we demo agencies of all shapes and sizes. And that's what I, you know, one area of trepidation that I hear most often from my scratch agencies or from my ex-captive agencies is like, we have this growth goal, but that means that I have to spend the time to look for someone to hire, whether that be a CSR or producer. And I'm a one-man shop. And then I have to hire them and add them to my payroll and take the time to train them and make sure that they're doing everything correctly. So the biggest value add is even if you're scared of growth, you can kind of think of Glovebox as your, your first hire um, because we are hitting that front-end sales process and that post-bind service process all in one. And it's just a plus on top of that, that we reduce your service burden by 25% because you're bringing in help and you're freeing up additional time that you wouldn't otherwise have. Well, well and two, go ahead, go ahead, Daniel. I was just going to say, you hear everyone in the industry say, and we don't have to say it ourselves, the agencies say it, adapt or die. It's 2022. Technology is not going anywhere. It's only going to get more, more intuitive and more... I mean, I think Natasha actually had this conversation briefly on uh, a couple episodes ago. We were just talking about how, you know, between the hybrid or between the old school agency to, uh, you know, full tech online agency compared to the guys that are hybrid. I mean, are we going to see more of those shift to tech? Yes, I think. Will we ever see, will we ever see the old way go away? I don't think so in some different categories. But then my, my concern has always been, you know, as all this technology comes into play, like Glovebox, like this stuff, like, like what you guys are doing, are we going to lose agencies? You know, are we no. going to lose people? Are we? Well, give me a second here. Give me a second. Yeah. Got to return <laughs> feedback of some positivity coming your way. But as, <laughs> as this technology continues to evolve and more tech comes into play and then the stack becomes we've got the robotic process automation stuff coming, you know, already in play. So, I mean, between those, those things, is it going to come to the point where there's going to be so many, there's going to be a good amount of mega agencies out just buying these smaller agencies because they've got these platforms that are, everything's damn near automated. But then my, my second thought is a lot of people don't want to work for some other people, right? I don't want to work for a business. So having something like this makes him be able to start his one man shop, his two man shop. Then next thing you know, he's got 10, 20, 10, 10 to 20 different, you know, employees, he's got another shop, two other shops throughout the metropolitan area. Like, I think that now that's the way I'm starting to think on it rather than having the negative thought of, man, at some point with all this technology and automation, we're going to, agencies are just going to slowly do this. And the struggle for finding young people that are interested in insurance, like you said, it's a, it's a mammoth, it's old. I mean, no one wants to, no one wants to learn about it, but it is the biggest hidden gem as far of any workplace and industries in, in this country. And someone correct me if I'm wrong, but that's how I truly, truly, truly feel. This one's going to be coming at you from like three or four different ways here because it's going to kind of feed off of, of like your guys's newness to insurance. So if you're anything like I was, I'm not a very, I wasn't a very big reader. I wasn't a one that liked to sit there and just bury myself in a book all day and learn about insurance. Like I did terrible studying for my insurance exam, just to give you a heads up, like terms, all that. I mean, it just felt like my brain was about to explode. Going around the room, did each one of you, yes or no, struggle with insurance terminology when adapting to selling an insurance product, tech product to an insurance agency? Or does that realistically, and I don't care if these insurance agents hear this, but does that really not actually, does that not really give 
any type of backfire if, if you don't know some of the terminology or wording? Did you have to educate yourself somehow to learn insurance? What what was that kind of feel like? Was this about Natasha? Would you well, happen I think here? It's yet, I think it's yes, yes and no. I mean, it's just kind of the same ideal as when you're traveling in a foreign country. You should probably learn some of the lingo to show respect. That's more what it comes down to for me. Nobody has ever judged me because I didn't know or understand something because I'm curious and I will ask questions. And I'll be honest, if I don't know something, I don't pretend like I know. I just tell them I'm not sure about that. Would you like to elaborate? Of course they will. People will always share their knowledge with you. People love to share knowledge. <laughs> and so, um, you know, coming in, of course, I, I learned as much as I felt like was necessary to be able to have the, the most viable conversations in the space. But really what it comes down to is it is a conversation. You know, we aren't trying to like pitch something hard and just walk away, you know, where we're, it's a really big relationship building platform that we've created. And so you have the conversation, you figure out what their needs are, where their curiosities are, you have to be curious. And, you know, if you don't speak the same language, you'll find common denominators in there. I agree. Chelsea. I mean, I, I think that I would just echo basically exactly what Natasha just said. You, it's, a, it's a conversation. It's you're meeting someone exactly where they are and hope in hopes that they're going to meet you where you are. Um, and yeah, if you have a question um, and maybe it is confidence, but it's also just knowing that I'm sure those people are also going to have a question about they definitely have a question about what we do. So if we ask them questions, they're just going to ask us back and it's just a, a flow of conversation. So it. It's not really, um, and I guess an issue that we didn't come from insurance because it's, I think in any industry, it's always ever changing and ever evolving and you're always going to learn. I'm actually going to stick with you for a second, Chelsea, because we, you said you're in mortgage, right? I was, yeah. Let's talk a few seconds about embed insurance. Okay. Okay. So for example, I have with my two biggest referral partners. Uh -huh. In their, in their seven-step process of getting to the closing table on the real estate side, yeah. he's got me, yeah, I'm embedded in his process, his online process that allows me to be able to put together a quote before, I'm, before that guy, before my real estate agent even tells him to give me a call, right? It's embedded in, this, in his process. So we're proactively, I'm proactively giving, having a quote ready to go once this guy reaches out or I say, hey, Hart told me to give you a call or Jake told me to give you a call. The reason why I bring up the embed piece is because you made it quicker and easier for that real estate agent and that mortgage lender to get through a process and, and, and get more closings. The quicker you can be for them and the quicker that their partners are, the more turnaround, the more mortgages are built right we all get that more money we all make everybody's happily ever after probably something you didn't see a lot of the last you know four or five years are you seeing this embed insurance piece come into play a lot more or at least at least the ideas and concepts being you know i guess sold or talked to about with mortgage lenders um so Question number one, did I see it in my past mortgage life? Zero percent, literally never once. Um, if I went back, which I don't plan on ever doing, uh, 
I mean, I hope that I'd see this embedded experience. We are trying to get that out there to exactly your point, Mitch. I mean, it makes everything easier, faster. In fact, Nicole just went under contract. Amazing I job know. to get a to get <laughs> yes. a townhouse. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it, it one pain point that always was an issue in the mortgage industry world is connecting to third-party vendors, that which is insurance agencies. So I hate to actually say it, I came in with a, a slight sour taste in my mouth for insurance companies because they're always really, really, really hard to get a hold of, especially when you're asking for something on the mortgage side. And look, we are we are taking that entire step of getting a quote, getting your deck page faster. We're making it faster, easier, better, more efficient, Across the board, not just for the client, but for your mortgage lender, your insurance agent, like that issue becomes a moot point. It's and, and that's what we've done. Like it, it took it took a few months, I guess, for it to kind of all kind of play together. And we tweaked a couple of things. Or I mean, more so, it was on me making sure that I was able to get, gather that information from them in a quick, timely manner. So I wasn't asking or bothering the mortgage lender for any, any other information, correct? So by the time we got it all shrunk down and, and quickly, I mean, the fact that I, if I could, I could have a quote back into that lender's hands within an hour, like sign me up. I also don't, I also don't have the bottom two pieces of maybe that puzzle. Maybe I don't have the rater and maybe I don't have a quote bind issued company that's got an open API that I can rate and issue a policy with, right? So those are the two things I'm missing, but we're, I'm still making it happen. Totally. And, and, and a lot of people think I've got to have the tech. I've got to have the tech. Well, guess what? The tech's got to make sense for you. 100%. You know, it's, it's got to make sense for you. And what you guys have started to build is something that potentially maybe 12 months down or 12 months backward didn't make sense because that, that tech was missing something that would put the, put the final piece to the puzzle for you and have that emotional grab to purchase that product on the front end now. You guys have grown so much in these last 24 months, especially the last 12 months. There's new things that have came into play. There's there's other things coming down the road. Okay, you guys want you're going to space for some reason. Just don't know where the hell you guys are going to go, but you guys are going there. Um, We will take care of you. What else? What else is coming down the road? What has what has been in play recently? Um, I know commercial lines is coming really really soon, and that is my waiting factor. So what's 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 new and what's happened what's been happening over on uh, over at club box hq lately i mean danielle loosely touched on it earlier there's so many things happening and coming what isn't yeah no she said she said there's so many things that are coming that i hear that's awesome i'm talking about what has what's now available you said doc upload some things like that have you heard any good feedback on the doc upload? What's what's new within the last three months inside the Glovebox platform? The doc upload is going to be just kind of like a prerequisite to the commercial release so that we can get ready to tackle COIs. Because that's the biggest thing and that's the hardest thing to distribute, especially when you're like, hey, I just emailed it to you last week. And then your client's like, oops, forgot, went to spam. And then you send it again. Find and it. then a month later, they're like, hey, can you send this again? So you're sending one document, it's in your client's glove box, and they can access it at any time. But the other thing that we um, are getting ready to release this month is pre-verified accounts, which is going to be sweet for adults. Tell me, tell me more. Yes, <laughs> I can do that. Um, so with how we connect to different AMS, AMS systems, is that redundant? Does the S and 
AMS stand for system. It is. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so how we connect we all different AMSs is, is, you know, every time we receive an updated client list from the agency, our data team scrubs that list. Don't know how they do it. Good for them. Um, <laughs> but so when they scrub that and enter it into the Glovebox system, then their clients can access their profile that's fully loaded with all their policy info. But the turnaround on that is, you know, 24 to 48 hours. So with pre-verified accounts, that's a great way to let an agency welcome a client to their agency and have them adopt their platform the same exact day. And it's it's great for adoption because you're kind of cementing this expectation in your operations of like, hey, new client, welcome, download my app, log in, awesome. I have 70% adoption. <laughs> that's something that I think about a lot. You know, it's like someone can go directly to Safego site and quote. You know, someone could go because they have widgets you can put on your website and then go there and quote, you know, that that makes technology a little bit easier. You know, that helps that helps out when you're talking automation and processing and getting data, customers data from here into a policy here as quickly as I possibly can. I mean, obviously, we all know quickest way from A to B is a straight line. So how can I get information here into a quote ready to be bound policy there and then on the back end, letting it be serviced on, on automation? That's when that's when winning becomes done at a high level. That's when I think we start seeing more and more agencies pop up those those you know brick and mortar type style local agencies. The online presence. I mean, Amazon, the Amazons of the world, right? I mean, Amazon's Amazon. There's nobody competes with Amazon. That the insurance of Amazon. I mean, I think that's coming very very soon. To where you're going to be able to pick and choose what you want to buy, what the customer wants to buy on their phone. I mean, anything that we can do on our phones now on a, just on a shopping standpoint, I think we're going to be able to do that at a very, very high level on a insurance standpoint. It's very scary. It's very scary because there's going to be so many people who are really tech smart and know how to use the system. But then on the back end, the coverage piece, you know, the making sure that the coverage is the way it should be or no, like, I mean, you can't blame the technology for putting 25,000 or 2550 liability limits that you, you can't just blame the technology on that. You're the business, you're the one who put that into play. And if it fails, it fails, it's on you. So there's there's the pros and the cons. And yes, things are gonna, just like life. I mean, you learn things and you fix it, get them back, you get them better. You learn, you make it better. You continue to grow it. You go to space, you make a product like Glovebox that's absolutely helping agents all over the country. Um, your fearless leaders have done a great job. Your fearless leaders also speak highly of you guys, by the way. Um, they love love you guys and appreciate all your hard work. So I will, will put that in there i do want to i do want to get something good on these guys though with and and i know i was going to put a teaser at the beginning saying we we're going to share our most favorite story or embarrassing story of them some of you guys haven't worked with them long enough some of you work remotely so that would have been a bad way to put it um but i do want to get your guys's input on four different items and i i, I know this if you don't if you don't have a have an answer for it it's okay but i want your guys's true honest opinions because i these are these are things that i wonder in my mind what people think about these guys all right so st sticking with her order summer who's got the best hair of the three ryan andy or sean best hair best hair between the three men oh definitely sean i mean have you seen the picture have anybody seen the pictures that was this is how they this is how they um hooked me that first day I met them because I met them in Chicago. We went we we met at a lobby of a conference 
they were all just doing the conference stuff and Sean was helping me set up my laptop. And then we all went out for beers afterwards. So first I get beers, appetizers, a computer, and then I get the story of Sean's hair. <laughs> and they showed me all the pictures of his hair back in the day and how he was like famous for his giant hair. And um, they were just like proudly showing off uh, his head of hair. That. So I mean, that moment that is gonna stick in my head forever. Um, just having beers, meeting these guys for the first time and talking about Sean's head. <laughs> There's a Twitter poll and the vote was, yes, he should grow his hair out again like that. So obviously, oh. this is we're gonna see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no choice. What about you three? What about you three amigos over there? Do you guys all agree with that? Oh, oh yeah. It's a collective verdict. Yeah. Reason. All right, we're going to go into my next question then. Who's got the best style out of the three of them? I think style is personal preference or um, how they how they handle it. Uh, I think Andy <laughs> I think Andy has the most swag. He just like Agreed. yeah pulls up. I agree. Shoe, shoe, what about shoe game? What about shoe game? Who's got the They're best shoe the shoes. game? They're mine. My I have the best shoe game. No, it's, it's, not like the <laughs> no, it's the Crocs. It's the Crocs. It's the Crocs. It's the Crocs, it's the Crocs for me. <laughs> This, this this one this one might be for some this one might not be able to answer some of these some of you guys might not be able to answer this one but those who are in the office or do go around the office who's the messiest out of those three? Mm-hmm. They are messy. So yeah, mm-hmm. they are. Um, really, Ryan's office yeah. is practically empty. So yeah. they're all very very minimal. He doesn't qualify at all. But yeah, no, they're all very clean. I like to hear that. I like to yeah. hear. Sorry, I, I thought I was going to be able to get something embarrassing out of out of uh, this, but there wasn't going to get anything. Like, come on, yeah, use. So I'm going to go into the last five questions of my show. It's my favorite part of the show. Five rapid fire questions. Some are kind of funny. Some of them are serious. Um, but I want to get your your first answer or answer off the top. Um, so they might fun. not all be in line the same order. So I apologize, Great. Natasha. Do you want to hit this again? Let's get, oh, yeah, let's, you did that with me. I did, but we're going to do it again. Let's see if your answers change. Do it again. Do it again. They, they could change. What I'm, if I'm I spot on do. and I'm super, super precise with myself? We're going to get it. <laughs> Natasha's five rapid fire questions, 2.0. What's your favorite color? Green. That's probably going to be the one she, she backed up on. <laughs> Blue the first time. The orange last week. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Um... Peppermint, um, it's like a chef's peppermint crunch. <laughs> Comes out in the holidays. Love it. Visit anywhere in the world, where would you go? Miss Vacationer? Japan. I've been wanting to go to Japan. Love that. That'd be fun. I have no did idea you- what I said last time. Oh, I bet I said Halo Top last time for ice cream. But- you did. I think you did, now that you say that. Mm-hmm. Sounds, sounds familiar. If you could spend 24 hours with anybody that are alive, who would it be? <laughs> Well, this definitely changed, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's already hung out with the person that she, <laughs> since last week. Yeah, episode. like last week. I hung out with Oprah last week, so check what? that box. Um, <laughs> not tell us sooner. <laughs> um, I, would, I have a long list of these people, but I really want to hang out with Tina Fey and work with her. Heck yeah, that's cool. That's it. All right, Chelsea, five rapid fire questions. First one, favorite color. 
Uh, like a burnt orange, unlike what the chair color is that I'm sitting on, a little darker. Okay. Favorite flavor of ice cream? Or do you not like sweets because you're a Pilates instructor? I actually don't eat ice cream because I'm vegan. <laughs> oh, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Vegan ice cream, I mean, it's just not, it, it, it's, it doesn't tickle my fancy, if you will. I'd rather go salty. Like, let's give me, give me all the French fries you got. I mean, like that. Like that. If you could spend 24 hours with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? You know, this is super hard. And I, I like genuinely don't know. Um, shit. Uh, we'll get to that. Know, we'll, be, we'll get to back that one next time. Actually, no, I, I know this is going to sound weird, but I just really appreciate her lifestyle and way of thinking. It's going to be two for Goldie Hawn and Kate Oof. Hudson. Ugh. Great answer. That's probably something I'll never hear ever from somebody else on my guest on the show. Yeah, well, it's welcome. good. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. I missed something. I did. I missed where if you could travel somewhere. <laughs> you could travel anywhere. Uh, Croatia. Like it. like it. Nicole, ready for your top five, your five rapid fires? Ready as ever. Let's get them. You guys have had time to think about them. So these, you guys better be the best, have the best answers and better be pretty quick with it here. All right. What's your favorite color? Summer stole my answer of black, so my runner-up is blue. Black and blue. Okay. Favorite flavor of ice cream? Green tea ice cream is my favorite. Hmm. Hmm. I've heard. Of, I mean, I've taken plenty of green tea shots, but not a green tea ice cream. <laughs> They're a little better than the shot version, if I do say so myself. If you could spend, or if you could go anywhere in the world and travel, where would you go? I definitely want to get to Iceland at some mm. point. It's great. Gosh, that's a good one. Phenomenal. That's where I, that's, that's on my bucket list for sure. Been, yeah. Well, we don't have to be sad right now about that. No, go. It, no, go. It's so cool. It's amazing. I have so much. Like, you could spend 24 hours with anybody in Iceland. You could take them with you. Who would you go spend 24 hours with? <laughs> Uh, he better be paying for the trip. Uh, I would definitely spend my time with Robert Smith of the Cure. <laughs> like it. Heck yeah. yeah. All right, Miss Danielle. What's your favorite color? Um, we were just talking about colors prior to this podcast, and everyone's like, we love black. And I'm like, I have the most colorful closet ever. Ironically, I'm wearing and she's black. wearing white and black. <laughs> it's very ironic honestly this is like one of two black tops that i own so i just being an indecisive libra would like to cheat and say all the colors truly but if i had to pick i'd probably go with the sh the shades of purple because i can't even tell you specifically theirs so hey, it's all right we'll go with we'll go with the shades of purple um <laughs> what, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream you don't like uh, ice cream either Oh God, no. Um, I have an incurable sweet tooth. I will go with um, Peach Southern Biscuit from Jenny's. What's Jenny's? Ooh, Jenny's started in Columbus, Ohio. A um, couple locations in Cleveland, maybe more than that now at this point. Um, they're all over the country and they are also sold in grocery stores like Whole Foods. You see, I told you, get me on the foodie thing. There you go. So check out Jenny's. The flavors are very unique and they are incredible. That's sponsored. Well, I'm going to have to make that happen. <laughs> if you could uh, visit anywhere in the world, where would you visit? Um, I'm dying to go to Italy. I've got a lot that I'd like to cover there. If you could spend 24 hours with anybody, who would it be? 
Um, tough question. Um, and this is where I do get really indecisive. Um, I've always thought that Audrey Hepburn was a really fascinating person. And I think there's so much more to her, um, off screen that we don't even know. She was very into nonprofits and, and helping others. And, um, she had a fascinating upbringing. So I think I'd, I'd love to spend time with her and get to know her if I could. And I could. Yeah. Loved all those answers. Those are going to be amazing pieces of clips, by the way. So you're welcome. Um, <laughs> going into closing the show out here real quick. Um, first off, before we let these uh, young ladies leave and go out and continue to make insurance agents' lives a hell of a lot easier and better and more profitable, um, I've got one more question that I want to hit all your guys' minds. I'm big into, the, you know, every single day trying to make a difference. Um, something that I like to do is, you know, have you guys share something that's been impactful to you, um, a quote some piece of advice, whether that's insurance advice or whether that is, you know, just overall life advice that you guys have, have went through, just something that can help. And I try to tell people all the time, it's just going to happen. If you say, if you, if you say one nice thing to somebody, you know, every day, like try to do something different uh, and make a difference. I tell my daughter when she gets out of the car, the seven-year-old, try to make someone smile today, like every day. Now the three-year-old says it to her before I even am able to say it because it's such a routine, but I want them to understand every single day, try to make somebody different, you know, smile and make them happy. So if you had one piece of advice for anybody in this world, whether insurance agent, non-insurance agent, life, whatever it might be, what would one piece of advice be? Mm -hmm. Tasha? I don't know if this is a phrase, but this is something I like to go off of. Um, instead of looking at people to compare yourself or as competition, look at the things that they're doing and look at those things as opportunities. We are changing lives today. That's great. Love that. Chelsea, go off your phone. It's time for your advice. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, do it with passion or not at all. You're fully in it or you're not. Yes. Heck yeah. Love that word. Passion's one of my favorite words. Swear. It's, it's amazing. Nicole. Yes. My, my words of wisdom is just do your best to stay in the present moment. Because mm. I feel like you know, every one of us is trying to get to that next step or that next goal or climb that next hill. And our thoughts are always in the future in that sense. And we can kind of miss what's going on now or same thing, you know, if you're like, oh, I was so skinny five years ago, I need to be back to my old self. It's like, no, you're you, who you are now. You're not who you are then or who you are in the future. You could just do what it takes to be who you want to be. Great advice. Danielle. Um, I would have to say, um, I literally just had it in my head and now I'm drawing a blank. I'm trying to think of, I can explain the long version of it, but, um, you know, if there's something that you want, go for it. I really like to encourage people to try anything that they are envisioning or, um, anything that they're passionate about. You never know if you don't try is, is what I was going for. And I had a brain fart, so. No, that's all right. It works. <laughs> but seriously, like this won't be the last time I have you guys on the show. Um, I, I appreciate every single one of your input. Um, I appreciate the patience. Um, you guys are making a difference. You guys are, you know, make, you know, you're putting yourselves on a high standard with your platform and you're, you're, you're making yourself at the top. You're not, you're not letting anything get between that. You guys are all focused. You guys are 
passionate about what you're doing. You work hard. You believe in the product. You believe in yourselves. Um, and you make a difference every single day. So you guys are you guys are phenomenal, phenomenal individuals for for other young people, young young women um, who have who have you know aspirations of getting into startups or um, insurance or tech. You guys, you guys are really, really, you know, putting a good head on your shoulders to, to be that perspective to, to a young eye. So I commend you, every single one of you. And, and, you know, I'm glad we all have, have met except for Chelsea, since she didn't introduce herself to me when we were in uh, Denver, but you guys, I, I had a hell of a time and I appreciate all your guys' hospitality and, and entertainment while, while we were in Denver. So thank you all so, so much. Um, Summer, if anybody needed to get in contact with any of you guys for any specific reason, is there a specific place where they can go and see all your guys' um, email addresses? Actually, I'm going to put them all in this underneath your guys' uh, name tags in this video so you can see them. So if you are, aren't listening, go look at the video or go where Summer's getting ready to tell you to. Yeah, perfect. Just go ahead and put our email addresses out there. We have our, our landing pages we can provide as well. And and uh, yeah, just reach out. We'll get, get you set up. We'll help you level up. Well, look look into the description and you'll find all that information. Or just look them up on LinkedIn. They're, they're killing it. So anything else? That you want? Anybody got anything else before we pop off? When are we going dancing next? Oh, yeah. that's a great question. When I come I out next sense. month. That's right. Ooh. Next <laughs> month, might have, to, might have to, might have to check that, check into my calendar and ask my assistant. Yeah. Yep, I'm good. I'll be there. She's <laughs> <laughs> got back to me. <laughs> I'm trying to. I was trying to make Natasha laugh, and she thinks she's this funny comedian. I'm waiting for her just I don't to start think roasting I am. people. I just am. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for today. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, always remember to subscribe to the podcast. Go uh, like and follow every single one of these ladies on LinkedIn and any other social media platform that they wish to accept or follow. Um, if not, better luck next time. But for Mitch Gibson and the Fab Five of Glovebox, the gurus, um, everybody have a great rest of your day, a good week, and always remember that you can make a difference. Take care, everybody. What's going on, everybody? Mitch Gibson here with the MVP Podcast. Got a question for you. This is a sincere question. Are dropped calls and poor voice quality slowing down your business communication? Think about that for a second. Gotcha, this is an ad. It's time to switch to a solution that keeps your team connected seamlessly. Introducing Lightspeed Voice, your gateway to a revolutionary voice over IP system designed to elevate your business communication and take it to the next level. With Lightspeed Voice, you get more than just a reliable connection. You get a feature-rich system that adapts to your business needs. Whether it's video conferencing, virtual voicemail, or call forwarding, Lightspeed Voice has you covered. Worried about the transition? Don't be. Lightspeed Voice offers seamless integration, making the switch to their voice over IP system a breeze. Their expert support team is here to guide you through every step of that way, ensuring that you have a smooth and efficient transition to your business. But that's not all. Lightspeed Voice is not just a communication tool. It's a strategic investment into your business success. Save on your monthly communication costs while enjoying top-notch service. You know what I call that? That's a win-win. Don't let outdated communication systems hold your business back from doing more. Upgrade to Lightspeed Voice today and experience the difference. I've experienced it, I promise. It is a big difference. You can visit their website or call them now for a demo and see at firsthand how Lightspeed Voice can transform your business communication. 
Lightspeed Voice, where every word matters and your business is always in sync.